I want to talk to you about what leadership is. We see our whole church as leaders, but the fact that you've come means that you've accepted the call of God in your life to be a leader. The key to becoming a great leader is empowering leaders around you. Build into your life a routine that leads you to godliness and leads you to a place of being ready and available for God to use you that day. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to the first ever um, edition uh, episode of the Leadership Leaned In podcast uh, with myself. I'm very honored. I mean, who would have thought <laughs> right out the gate, first episode uh, to have such an honored guest. This is just unbelievable. Dude, the we're way starting it, so low, right? <laughs> 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 like, I'm so excited. You're like, why? Like, uh, are, it's <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> I am very thrilled. Uh, just happens to be in the City of Angels with me today. And uh, I'm pumped to talk leadership with you. I have none other than Pastor Jeremy Foster. Bro. I need we need to put some effects right there. <laughs> Fake insert <hand> clap. <laughs> insert the clapping. I was gonna say emojis, but you can't hear those, huh? <laughs> this is getting off to a great Please start. Please put a false crowd in here and false laughter. It'll oh, make everything better. I'm like actually gonna track. ask if we can edit in. <laughs> it's like what I wish would happen at church. Well, Nothing worse than preaching a message, saying a joke that I think's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. And then they don't laugh, and I'm like, guys, hey, just let's stop. That was funny. <laughs> and then you try to teach them about humor. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't ha it doesn't work. Yeah. I know what's funny. You don't. You don't. And they look back and they And like, now they hate you. They go, no. <laughs> now the crowd's against you. Hey, pal. No. My, my worst thing is like trying a joke and thinking that it's going to work. It doesn't work, so I keep going on it just to try to make them think this is funny. This is actually... <laughs> guys, this is, guys, this is the funniest thing in the world. This it's not. This happens to me six times a Sunday, what you're, you're describing. I talk to my therapist about it all the time. Chad, you have a therapist? Why would you do a leadership podcast? Why are you doing a I'm podcast? Kidding. Hey, ah, that's what um, we weren't supposed to tell. I'm really excited. This is a, a new thing we're starting. Uh, just having a conversation around leadership, which to me, leadership is like my favorite subject, Absolutely. sports sports and leadership, and talking about um, how to become the best leaders that we can possibly become. I feel like that's uh, kind of like, if you're a leader, you're always pursuing kind of the next growth. Absolutely. Individually that, you know, oh, corporately, of course, but individually, like, what do I need to, to solve and improve? And so we're going to lean into leadership. I think all, most all of leadership is just leaning into the right, right area, lean, whatever, you know, whatever kind of um, problem, whatever relationship that's even good, following your favor, just leaning in the right thing in the right season, identifying that. So I like the name leadership lean in. I love it. Cause you can either be laid back or you can lean in. That's it. And true leaders are always leaned in. That's it. Always. It, I always think that's so much, you know, truth about body language. Absolutely. Like if I'm in a meeting and my body language is I'm leaning back and kind of like, I just lean towards you right now. <laughs> Thank like, God we have video yes, to show that. Yes. There's, there's video proof of this. If you're listening to the audio, there's video you proof. You should go watch the video. I'm there's, leaned in. There's video proof of what Pastor Jeremy Foster This ain't said. the laid back podcast. Yeah, no, we're leaning Just in, leaned man. in. <laughs> Love it. So um, I thought it'd be awesome today just to talk about some uh, leadership issues that everybody faces. And um, you, to me, just so everybody knows, you're one of my favorite leaders. No I love how positive you are. I love, I'm so impressed and amazed how you're so secure 
I'm always impressed with how you're always asking others about them and how they're doing. And here you are, and I'm just gonna say this, I was thinking about this. This must get weird for you because now it's like your introduction. Like 10 years ago where you're like, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Everybody's going to introduce me as this. Like I guarantee you never saw it coming. No. But that's just how good God is. And that's, you know, I, I, you wear it so well. Some guys, some leaders wouldn't be able to be trusted with it. You're, you're so awesome. I think it fits Man. you. But you have the fastest growing church in America. And usually that's like for Charisma magazine or some, <laughs> you know, Christian poll or something. But it's a reality. And I actually want to talk about sure. that and how you handle all that. Because you don't just turn on a switch and that happens. Yeah. You're, a, you're a leader of leaders. And so to talk to, to you about leadership, to me, is a, it's a real honor. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, I was thinking maybe if you could start with this. You know, here you are. Your church is um, doing so well and helping so many people. Um, who inspires you at this level? Who are you looking at and going, yeah, we're, we're good. Every pastor thinks this way. Yeah, we're good. But so-and-so, yeah, we're doing all right. But you know, I love that. Who, who would you look to now? You go, this is, whether it be a church leader or outside, I'm inspired by this leader. Well, I mean, I, I look, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. And we're, just, <laughs> we're just getting off of acting ridiculous. And yeah. now we have to be serious. Um, <laughs> but we are going to go back to ridiculous ASAP. There will be a lot of ridiculousness here. It's <laughs> right. kind of who I am. But, um, you know, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't start with Pastor Chris Hodges because I look to Pastor Chris for so much. Sure. I've learned so much from them. They kind of set a tone for us in church growth, and they gave us a model. Now, I, uh, I don't remember who said it, uh, so you can't tweet it probably, or you can give credit to whoever you want to. But somebody said that um, all great inventors are just great copycats. And there's Absolutely. kind of no new ideas. So you just take something that somebody else has done and you adapt it. And so that's what we do. I think um, great leaders are great listeners. And so you listen and you learn from what somebody's done. And you don't try to do exactly what they're doing, but you adapt it into your system or into your culture. So I look at Pastor Chris. Um, I look at all, all types of leaders. You, you can go old school to John Maxwell. And oh. I, I read a lot of John Maxwell. not saying if uh, Dr. Maxwell, you're not old school. Um, <laughs> Dr. Maxwell. <laughs> he was like loving this until all of a sudden you said old school and he's like Dr. Maxwell's really? listening to this podcast right now because he's leaned in yes um, but uh, yeah so I, I listen to a lot of Dr. Maxwell but but I also read a lot of books mm. so and then whenever I was younger I rem I'm ADD dude for real like yeah. adult diagnosed ADD <laughs> so I deal with that um, and I remember hearing a guy one time talk about all these books he was reading and I was like I can't even finish one book right and so I kind of got this revelation never finish a book so I need to write a book called Never Finish a Book. I like that. Because it kind of sets you free, right? Yeah. So if I know that I don't have to finish this book, then I can just read the best three chapters and move on to the next one. So right. I've got like 10 books going right now. So that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from, uh, you know, from Christian authors, but also non-Christian authors. I look at cool. companies and corporations and how they position themselves in the culture, how they're reaching the culture. Because my idea is not to reach people who are already reached. I want to yeah. encourage them and inspire them, but to reach people who are lost. That's, that's, my, that's my job. That's amazing. I was talking to somebody this uh, couple months ago, and he was telling me that he actually, um, I think he read last year like 60 books or something, and he said he listens to them in the gym on two times fast. I do the same thing. You, I listen to everything on time and a half or two times. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I just, he goes, if something's good, I just stop, press pause, and I just write it down Sometimes on my notes. Sometimes if I want to laugh, I listen to you on half speed. <laughs> I, call, I call it drunk Chad. <laughs> And how's that working out for you? You're really yeah, slow. Yeah, yeah. And so it's inspiring. It is. It yeah. is, man. 
<laughs> no, seriously, as, as much as much as I can download into myself. I mean, I'm not a freak who's constantly always got something in my ear because I yeah. think you burn out like that. But if I hear a good idea or, or, I, or, or somebody brings me a good idea, we're going to try it. Yeah. I tell our team all the time, listen, don't make passive mis- mistakes. Mm. Only make aggressive mistakes. I like that. I want you constantly make an aggressive mistake. So I would rather you say, hey, look, we printed 20,000 brochures or 20,000 cards. Then, yeah, we didn't know if you wanted them, so we didn't print them at all. I'd rather look at you and go, 20,000? What's wrong with you? I kind of like you. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It costs us a little money, but I kind of like you. Right. Then you forgot everything. So we're going to constantly make aggressive mistakes. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, when we talk about inspirations, and you mentioned uh, Pastor Chris, who, you know, we uh, adore and respect so much. I always find, at least my experience has been, who was inspiring me or mentoring me changed through the seasons, through the years. Absolutely. Who rewind the tape for me? Who were some pivotal people? Pivotal, pivotal. We'll edit that out. People, no, leave it in. Who were pivotal people? Remix. As you were coming through, and give me some eras that were like this person was really crucial in my life. Okay, this this is going to sound ridiculous, but if you've heard my communication style, if you're if you're listening for the very first time, you hadn't heard my communication style, then this may not be as relevant. But for me, my heroes are always pastors. I loved to listen to preaching when I was a kid. Awesome. <laughs> listen to good preachers who were great communicators. But I also loved comedy. Mm. And I'm not talking about like n- new school stuff. I'm talking about old school Harold Lloyd, silent films, wow. old school Laurel and Hardy, Three Stooges. I learned a lot from watching those guys and how they communicate. Because here's what I believe. I believe the greatest communicators of our time are comedians. Totally. You watch how they respond. One of the guys that I've I've been inspired by is is Conan O'Brien. Okay. Oh, love so Conan in his opening monologue will try out jokes, and you can tell because sometimes they don't fall well <laughs> at all. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, he's like a preacher. But what's funny is his recovery sometimes of a joke that didn't work well is better than the joke itself. Yeah. It's, it's self-deprecating. And it's great. So I studied a lot of comedians coming up just because mm. I, I enjoyed it. And I loved communications. Um, my grandfather, my dad were great influences on me. Of course, I mean, I think it, I'm not trying to placate, but Billy Graham was a great influence on of me. Course. I love the way he talks. Yeah. You know, just the hair I'm talking like that. I mean, just, I didn't, I, that's not making fun of Billy Graham. Is it? Right, no, not at all. Great. Not at all. It's honoring. Yeah. But I'm just listening to how he communicated, mm. even back in the day, to thousands of people to know that even though, yeah, our church is growing fast, we didn't get here first. Right. Somebody else was doing this long before me. Right, right, right. And doing it well. So communication over the time, over time has influenced me. Music was a great influence on me mm. as I was younger. Right. Um, a- anything from, from Biggie to, to George Strait. I mean, I listened to everything right. as a kid. You have that on you, that, that gospel <laughs> slash true, country. Man. Slash, when I was listening to you preach today, I was thinking, wow, I can, I can see the influences and the, the collision, the, you know, what do they say? You're a sum total of your influences. It's true. And you're one of those people that I can watch and go, oh, I can see the history. Absolutely. In, in the best way. Well, if you look back at, you know, I was in R&B bands in high school. Really? I listened to country music and I was the only white kid in the African-American Heritage Choir. You know, so it was just, and, but I wore boots and Wranglers. You know, so I come from family cowboys. So it's unique how God uses all of that. I could have never known that God was going to turn all of that into influence in a very international city. It's amazing. It's a blessing. And and you remind me of two things. Uh, You know, number one, you're 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 an echo before you're a megaphone. So I'm sure coming up for a while preaching, you're going like people say you sound like so and so. Mm -hmm. Your influences. I always feel like 
you know, I heard Dr. Maxwell say, it takes you six years to become your own voice. It's the truth. Six years of, you know, preaching that where, where people can listen to you and go, you sound like so-and-so, you sound like so-and-so. And then pretty soon it's just like, today I experienced you. Right. And to have the patience of that. And, um, and the other quote I was going to say, I can't remember. Let's move on to the next thought. <laughs> well, I think if I can jump in, yeah. it takes seasoning. And, and young leaders, sometimes what they want is to define themselves and to be original. I don't want to be original. I want to be effective. Right. Okay. So in order to be effective, sometimes I need to use something that someone else has done yep. and not create. I'm not trying to create some brand. Right. I'm, I'm trying to reach people. I'm trying to change people's lives. And yeah. if I need to use something that someone else did, then it'll take me some time and I'll develop my voice and yeah. God will use that. Yep. And I'll give honor and, and I'll give credit to everybody sure, sure. else. I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of guys get tripped up is they're trying to create something of their own. And it's like, hey, man, stop doing that. Just make a space where you're changing somebody's life. That's it. And God will give you your own ideas. Yeah. You, you made me uh, remember what I was going to say. Um, I knew it would work. Yeah, yeah. Um, God didn't make you one way to use you another. And that was really That's freeing strong. for me because I'm, look, my God, I'm a white guy that wants to be black. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I'm half Mexican, but I look really white. And I, I'm a, a, a eccentric by nature. I love just it. My, and so I remember going like, God can't, all the people that I saw, I didn't, I never saw me. Right. So, uh, Which is perfect. Yeah, right? I was going like, I do I have to change everything about me to be used? Mm. And I remember one time this guy came up praying for me over at a, like a conference or something. He's <laughs> like, God wants me to tell you that he's not going to change your personality to use you. And I was like, wait, he for real said wait, that? Wait, for real said wait, that? So he <laughs> he going to use me? Oh, oh, oh it's on now. Oh, it's on. oh haters going to hate. <laughs> well, I, you know, this whole wash right now of copycat callings is killing me man yeah i watch people try to be somebody else try to preach like somebody else try to act like somebody else and i'm like hey look if you'll just get up and be you god yeah. will use that oh he'll use that but you have to be authentic that's it. i said something today in the church i said god can't heal who you pretend to be yeah that's and it. i think sometimes we walk into a room so insecure with who we are mm. that, that we don't actually lead like us yeah and so i my life is compounding of all the people that have influenced me totally. to create who i am it's amazing. and it's a blessing to be a to be a part of the kingdom right now when we have so much access to influencers. Absolutely. You know, something that our, you know, little group of guys talks about a lot is, you know, be the contrast. True. Be the contrast. That actually makes the whole picture more beautiful is that when we're not the same, but you stand out with this gift, Absolutely. the true person of who you are. That's what, that, that is the gift. Well, and I would say even be, and this may sound weird and I'll explain it, but be the be the comfortable contrast. Be the contrast that you are. Don't yes. be the weird guy who comes in and paints the wall orange because you just want to paint want the wall to be a orange. Contrast. Right. I think sometimes those people are forcing themselves into places that they don't need to be. Right. Like you're you, I'm me. You have on whatever kind of shoes you have on right now. <laughs> and I have on cowboy boots. That's yeah. just how we roll. But we mm. love each other yeah. because we do create contrast, but it's not we're not forcing it. Absolutely. And I think some guys in leadership will roll in and say, I need to have a new idea to make myself valuable. Mm. And that's not actually the case. No. You just need to authentically present yourself into right. a new environment and create culture. You can't, you really can't create culture. You can only be culture, Ooh. right? So if yeah. you don't like how your leadership is going and you don't like the, the way that people are following, you don't like the environment that you're in, you don't like yourself, 
You have to learn how to be very comfortable in your own skill. I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin, yep. man. I'm a hugger. I'm a high fiver. I'm an affirmer, but I'm also very direct. Yep. So I learn how to mold that. And you do. I watch you do the same thing. Mm. You walk around. You high five people. You hug people, and then you'll you'll correct something that needs to be corrected. You've learned over time how to walk in your thing and and exist in your thing. I watch too many people try to create this big space for themselves and that's not what God's calling them to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I want to um I want to talk about something else. I want to uh transition segue. I like segue. Segue is a great word by the way. Let's take a segue tour right now. This is is this, <laughs> is a segue is that a moped? Is that a segue? Say we're going to jump on a segue. It's it's I not wanna, a great idea that just happened. Yeah, segway, right. right? I I I want to talk about tell me about your church plant. It is a remarkable story. It is a unbelievable thing that's happening and I want just talk to me about it. Like when you started, tell me about, you know, how you started and and what's it been like this three years into it and give me some of the history uh, i i know some of it of course but yeah. but tell me some of the stuff that you're surprised by and and um not just obstacles but you know i want to hear what happened where you were like i can't believe this is going on this yeah. is incredible this is a god thing absolutely well i'm reading a book right now called ego is the enemy Mm. And it, it, the basic premise of the book, without talking too long here, is at, at, in your life, you're going to be in one of three stages. And sometimes you'll be in all three in different areas. But you're either aspiring, you're achieving, or you're failing. And in each of those, in each of those spots in life, when you're, when you're aspiring, your ego will tell you, um, you should be further along than this. You, your gifts are better than this. Why are you here and that guy's there? And then when you're achieving, your ego will tell you you're the coach. You don't need a coach. Your ego will change the story and act like and act like you did this. And then when you're failing, your ego will say nobody like you has ever failed. I can't believe you failed. Wow. So ego is the enemy in all those stages. So in, in my stage right now of success and seeing God save thousands of people and yeah. lives being changed, the temptation is to change the story. And to act like somehow Jennifer and I worked really hard to get this. Right. But the truth of the matter is mm. there were a thousand micro decisions that we made and a thousand little things that just went the right way. And God just opened the right door. It was brutal. It was hard. It was challenging at every phase. There were no's when we, th we thought they'd be yeses. Um, I can remember in 2014 not having a clue where we were going to go. Knowing that I'd been called to Houston, but still not knowing what to do. Wow. So traveling around and I surrounded myself. So if you're a leader, listen to this. It's important that you surround yourself with good people yep. who will speak life to you. Mm. People who value you more than they value your friendship. I you know what that. I mean? Like yeah. I need somebody who will straight up tell me the truth. Right. Even if I'm not going to like them after right. they tell me the truth. So we had that in our lives and we, you know, we started this church. We, we started building the team. We did, uh, we, we, we watched what other people had done. We did kind of preview nights and then we built this team and God blessed it, man. But there were a lot of no's in, in mm. the course of it. I remember when the school that we're meeting in now told us you can't, you can't meet here. This is wow. before we ever launched, but I knew that God had told us to launch there. Wow. So we formed a prayer team and we just marched around the school. It looked like we were walking for our health. But we, were, <laughs> we were actually like, Lord, this is our spot. And, uh, and then they finally told us yes, but it was through the course of that that God helped us build relationship with people around the city. Wow. Through the course of fighting for that. So sometimes you go through a struggle and God, God actually orchestrated the struggle to give you strategic relationships. But wow. if you don't want to be a part of the struggle and God's going, you can't get where I'm calling you to go. Yeah, yeah. So we walked through that. We launched the church in 2015, January 2015, and it blew up, man. Wow. 
And we can't, we couldn't do anything to make that happen. Yeah. So what I tell our team all the time is we have been called to manage this move of God. Mm. So let's do it well and not get in the way. That's amazing. But it's been a challenge. It challenges my marriage. It oh. challenges me as a father. It challenges me as a leader. I mean, Hurricane Harvey, when it hit last year, and thank you guys. Thank you for jumping on board. Absolutely. I meant to say that at the church this weekend. Thank you for sowing into us and helping us. But that challenged every aspect of my leadership. Mm. Because things were going great, and all of a sudden, it flatlined the growth of our church. Wow. Like, I'm talking flatline. We didn't grow at all after Hurricane Harvey. Wow. And it was rough and hard, and I realized I'm not a great leader. I thought I was good. At best, Mm. I'm a mediocre leader. Wow. And so I surrounded myself with other people who could help me fill the holes, and I brought in guys who could speak honestly to me. Wow. And I think that's why we're here. It's a lot of other people that came on board and said, hey, we'll help you. I love that. I feel like you do such a great job. You really lend your ear to wisdom. And you can't, I mean, to, to have, you know, the, the growth and what you're experiencing, it's not built on a gift. That's the thing that's so amazing is you're very gifted. I mean, it's just unbelievable to watch you in your grace zone, but I can really sense when I'm around you, you're convinced of the gift that's on other people's lives. 100%, man. <laughs> and, I, and I think there's so many people that are really just trying to like, do themselves, you know, and, yeah, and, and promote them. Talk to me about that. How have you always been that way? Have you always been? Because you're such a champion of other people. You're you're so releasing and empowering. I can I can tell from a distance, but then I get with you and I'm like, wow, this guy really believes in other. <laughs> you're so encouraging. How did how how did you get there? Well, I was raised first by some of the greatest people in the world. But my father was very very um, a very positive individual, mm. a very aggressively positive. You can do this. I love that. And here's what was cool about my dad. And my granddad, God rest his soul, just passed a few months ago, 91 years old. Wow. A great man, double doctorate, doctorates in divinity, doctorates in education. Very, very smart man, but not an affirming man Mm. and not a positive man. Dealt with his own demons of negativity Mm. and depression. And my dad decided in his early 20s, he said, I'm going to beat that. I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to be the most affirming, positive guy you've ever been around. So my father defeated a demon for me that I would never have to fight. Wow. That would have been a generational thing, but I didn't have to fight it because my dad raised me listening to Zig Ziglar. You know? yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so right. my dad just always told me, you know, people are are the greatest resource, man. We, we pour into people because God poured into us. And wow. We don't use people. We empower people. Great. And God's got greatness in them. And so here's the way that we look at, this is the way we look at the church, okay? Mm. If, if everybody's trying to accomplish my vision or my dream, then we only accomplish one dream and one vision. Mm. But if we all come together and I say, hey, what's your vision? What's your dream? We're going to join together under this great, this great network. A network is just a net that works, right? Right. We're going to form into this great network and I'm going to help you hold it together at your weakest link and you help me hold it together at my weakest link. Wow. And you're going to accomplish your dream. I'm going to accomplish my dream and together we're going to accomplish this great vision. Wow. I love watching people operate in their gift. Now I'm very honest. Yeah. I'll straight up tell somebody like that ain't your gift. Yeah. <laughs> like you think you can sing, you can't sing. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Your right. mama lied, you can't sing. <laughs> but I think empowering people, encouraging people and being honest with people yeah. is a gift. It's it amazing. Really I can tell that that's in the fabric and the core of your church that I feel like you're, um, you know, and everybody has their own grace. It's amazing. Churches grow for so many different reasons. That's the truth, man. You know, it's hard I, to figure out. I love, I love, um, Judah, I forget it was maybe five to six years ago. He had this whole line. Grace grows the church. It's true. 
But I always feel like it's the grace that's on you to grow it. Absolutely. So, well, God uses people. Yeah, absolutely. He uses people. It's a grace on somebody to do it that way, that specific way. But I love that your leadership, I'm drawn to that type of leader, the leader that's convinced that the gift is the people. It's the truth, And man. pulling that out of them. And if we tell people that and we lead that way, one yeah. of the things that we say to our crew all the time is we treat kings like normal people. We mm. treat normal people like kings. And if we do that, That's great. then everybody gets elevated. Yep. Everybody gets what they want. Because what does a king want? A king wants to be treated like one of the guys. Yes. What does one of the guys want? He wants to be treated like something special. So we try to do that for everybody. I, I tell our team all the time, I want somebody coming in here thinking we think there's somebody else. Wow. I want people walking in here, walking in the room, walking on our leadership team. Now we're going to be honest. It's not false harmony. Sure. You know, if there's if there's teams that are super negative, super hard to be on, yeah. super aggressively honest and in your face, yep. and then there's teams that are false harmony, that are acting like they got everything together, here's what I want our team to be. I want our team to be just on the right side mm. of false harmony. Okay? Just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> a little. We want to have a positive right, bent right, right. with a lot of honesty. Mm, it's great. And so if we're life-giving like that, that's what the world wants, man. That's what people want to be around. Yeah, that's Somebody awesome. Somebody build them up. Yeah. You do that though. People you do that are, so well. Well, well, thank you. Your I pictures think, do that. Bro. I think people <laughs> that big old open mouth smile all the time. Bro. I you love know, it. I am just you're a trademark. Sick of smiling. I am. I'm exhausted from it's. You know, it's we a need show. a Chad Veach emoji. It's bro. a show. It's not real. <laughs> not people go like, "Do you ever have a bad day?" And I go, "No, no, I don't. I it's am happy good. always." <laughs> like you, or when they go, "Do you wake up happy?" And I want to be like, "Have you ever woken up?" Does, does anybody wake up? But and just, people are attracted to that, man. Oh well, I just think people are more discouraged than we think they are. That's the truth, you know. And discouragement is—it's it, discouragement reminds me of shame. It's true. They're just such bullies. Yeah. And so I just always think our my number one job is just to encourage anybody that I can encourage, whether I know them real well or I don't. I can still encourage them. That's I can right. still find a way to encourage them. So I think you do that so well. And I love that about your church. And then I really am so happy. Like when you see a church take off this way to reach its city oh my God, and man. to reach people that aren't, you know, being reached currently, you just, if you, if that doesn't make you happy, I don't know what will. Well, it's a blessing to be a part of it. And people, you know, people want joy. Yes. Right. So joy, I was studying the other day, joy comes from the only part in your brain that keeps growing. It never stops growing. Wow. So the joy center in your brain never stops growing. Isn't it cool how God gave you this one part of your brain that has unlimited capacity? That's amazing. And that's why the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So people say, well, how do I find joy? We got to make it sometimes. Wow. But it's not your joy that, that that's brings great. it. It's God's joy, right? And the joy of the Lord mm. is my strength. So it's an internal joy, not from external circumstances. Great. So I want to teach our people. I want to teach leaders. Maybe you're, somebody's listening on the podcast right now. It's important that as a leader, I set the temperature of the room. Yeah. That I set the temperature. So every day, not saying that I don't have bad days because I have rough sure, days and tough sure, days but, and arguments with my wife. But if I set the temperature of the room, then I have to take a moment and go, Lord, I need your joy that comes from the inside, yep. even in tough times. Because yep. then I can walk in and give a word of encouragement to somebody, yep. even if I'm fighting it myself. That's so good. Um, I want to talk to you about regrets, leadership regrets. We all we all have a ton of them. Some of them have to do with jokes that I tried. Uh, <laughs> well, that one didn't work. Okay. I was I was preaching in Phoenix the other night on the Hope Is Here tour, yeah. and oh, and afterwards one of the girls came down. And she goes, "Wow, the Mexican jokes 
I don't know if they really. And I was like, I was like, wait, for real? Like, I thought they liked him. She's Ma'am, like, did you not hear the laugh? Yeah, she was like, well, maybe my section didn't like him. And I was like, no, I think they like. You know, you're in a bad place when you're trying to argue with someone in the audience in that the your audience joke was better that than that. You don't even know. Yeah, it's like, hey, bro, just take your loss, man. Just say you're sorry and move just, on. Just no one. You're not that good, so bro. Funny. Hope is not in that joke. Anyways, um, regrets. I would love to hear. Because I find that, speaking of Dr. Maxwell, he's like a theme in our podcast now. Um, I, one of my so, favorite books. Oh, he's the best. One of my favorite books that he wrote was Failing Forward. Yeah. And I read it, you know, early on as a leader and it helped me go like, oh, wow. Killer. That's helpful. So actually my failure is what propels me it forward. Propels me. My mistakes are actually fuel. Absolutely. To move forward. I have made more terrible mistakes than I have time to talk about. I'll, I'll, maybe you can unpack maybe one or two for us that so you go like, this was a regret I have. And if I could go back and do it again, if I get a mulligan, I would have, I would have changed this and done this because it would have allowed me to step into, you know, whatever. Tell, tell me maybe a Well, regret. I think there's a lot of, a lot of areas in my life from my marriage to my kids and those kind of things where I think if you, if you're one of those people who's like, I don't have any regrets, you really haven't made any decisions. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. um, you know, I have a, an amazing wife, I have an amazing kids, but I'll, I'll leave that for another time. Cause I do have regrets and, and I, I mean, literally awesome kids, but I wish I'd have spent more time sure, and all, all those sure, kind of sure, things. Sure. Um, and, and I, and I'm doing that now. I'm, I'm living my best life out here with my family, Come on. but as a leader, um, and, and just as a person, I think, I think realizing that God, God created me unique mm. and not trying to be like somebody else. Great. And, and not even not trying to look, be like somebody else, not looking at somebody else as the benchmark. I remember, and I'll, I'll drop a name here on the podcast, but I, I remember when I first heard of Stephen Furtick and I remember hearing about him and like, man, this guy, and I just kind of really started doing ministry and kind of finally yielded to the call and was doing bivocational ministry and had a business, but also felt like God had called me to something great. And I remember seeing what was going on that was just blowing up in Charlotte. And I remember feeling jealousy. Mm. And I, I, for me, the first time, like going, I'm actually jealous of that. I wasn't mad at Pastor Stephen. Right. I was mad at God because right. that's what jealousy is. Jealousy right. is anger at God. Right. Why didn't you give me that opportunity? Wow. And realizing, I think, um, waking up, and it took me a while to, to realize it. Mm. I wasn't ready. Wow. That wasn't my opportunity because it would have destroyed me. Jeez. I wasn't ready. I had to realize that, that literally everything that I have has been a gift from God. Wow. That didn't happen in my time. It happened in his. Jeez. And I started our church when I was 38. If I'd have started it when I was 28 and all of this would have happened, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Wow. I don't know where I'd be, but I wasn't ready for it. Right. I wasn't ready until the time came. And I said, I, so my whole thing with that is my regret is living in the now. Mm. And I'm a pretty... I mean, I, I'm an opportunist, not in a bad way, but I'll, I'll say yes to stuff before I even think about it. Like, I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah, let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah. But, but I wish I'd have been more living in the moment. And I think if I could help anybody just to say, hey, stop striving. Mm. Live where you are. Make a difference where you are. Change the world where you are and let God deal with tomorrow. Oh, I love that. I, I think that's the, you know, who doesn't have a similar story yeah. where you'd look and go, I love what you said. That person is not the benchmark. 
I, I listened to um, Bishop Jake's and Stephen Furtick's um, interview. Did you, did you get to watch? Oh, it was unbelievable. Bro. And something that Bishop said on that um, episode was, you know, it's foolish to compare yourself to somebody else because you didn't start where they started. Nope. I just, I thought that was so freeing. I go, God does different things in their life. He yeah. set them for, to a different level. Yeah, totally. I, I heard of this, and, and I, I don't think this is even public knowledge. Getting ready to make it public okay. <laughs> But Greg Surratt and, and Stephen Furtick had this whole conversation about comparison. And they were talking about, should we compare or should we not compare? And Greg Surratt was saying, we shouldn't compare at all. And, and Stephen Furtick is saying, well, we should compare some things. And they came down to this. We should never compare harvest. Wow. But we should compare hustle. Woo. Should never compare what God is doing in my life wow. as far as an, as far as a harvest. But I should look at what other people are doing That's and say, so man, I need to get after it. Yep. I need to I need to serve. I need to love. I need to give. I need to That's let brilliant. what you're doing, not not what you're seeing in your ministry, but yeah. what you're doing. Mm. I need to let that inspire me to do more, to pray more, to serve more, to love more. That so that's so where great. I find a lot of inspiration wow. is not comparing my harvest. Yeah. Comparing my hustle. Man. Oh, that is so good. That if we did the whole thing just for that, I mean, that is a, a line right there. <laughs> and this, and this, okay. So right there, that is yeah. the line of the, of the podcast. Yeah. And I didn't even write it. <laughs> That's if I have a strength, that's it. Taking what somebody else did and sharing it. But that's leadership. That is leadership right, right there. I find myself, you know, we, we, we do a Q and a, uh, we, sorry, I'm referring to this tour. We just got back every oh, night. We tour. do it. Amazing. It was so much fun. Every night we did a Q and a at five 30, every night at five 30, we come in and, and people ask questions every city. And I find myself, all my answers are wrapped up in somebody else's idea. <laughs> I love it. Though. All of my answers are, you know, so-and-so says, you Leaders know, I are learners. You. And it's just like, wow, I, I, I really have just given myself to listening to the right people. Listen, I remember maybe I was uh, 20, 21, I, you know, I became a youth pastor when I was 19. Killer. And I remember I was with this one guy and we're, a bunch of youth pastors were around talking to the senior pastor. I said, what's the number one bit of advice you'd give me and he said the most important thing that i would tell you at your age is to get under healthy leadership so good man because that's going to actually shape your entire life oh it reminds me of that proverbs if you hang around an angry man you learn his ways that's the truth in other words the bible is saying whoever you hang out with that's whose ways you're gonna learn you, you right. so, so I love that about podcasts. There's a reason why we're doing this podcast. I love that right now technology, you know, you would meet people in how many places where you go, where they go, I listen to your podcast. Yeah, I true. lean into your YouTube. So you have the ability from Houston, Texas to influence the whole world. Well, and now, what's crazy about this? Sorry. I'm no, no, no. Yeah, please. What's crazy about this is, is people who influence me can be anybody that I listen to. But Jim Rohn said, business leadership guru said, he said this, he said, you will have the combined health, attitude, and income of the five people you hang out with the most. Now, that's not the influencers as far as from afar, wow. a podcast or a video or whatever. That's the people you're with. That's your crew. You'll have the combined health, attitude, and income. And if you think about it, it'll, it'll change your life. And it'll make you say, okay, I know that I love this person, 
but I've got to hang out with somebody who's yeah. investing and pouring in somebody whose life I want to be like, I want to be more like that person. So That's I started amazing. surrounding myself early Jeez. with people of high character, yep. high integrity, yep. love their families, yep. strong prayer life, yep. and everybody else is a mission field. Wow. But I'm going to, I want to learn from those Health, people. Attitude, attitude and income. income. Wow. Okay, we're changing it. That's the one. I just I keep changing <laughs> there it. Are people, right, there are people right now listening going, I gotta change my friends. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> sorry about just, that. Just I lost believe. a few. Tell me about I love this about leaders. Tell me about some disciplines you have in your life. Because that's one of my favorite things. I feel like any great leader that I know always has uh, like a morning routine. Absolutely. They just like, it's so hard to find a leader that doesn't have, this is what I do. Yeah. This is what sets me up. What would be some disciplines you have set up in your life where you go, I'm at my best when I'm walking in my disciplines. I'm totally at my worst when these are not in place in my life. Well, that's such a great question um, because people look at what we've done and they look at what we're a part of and they say, well, how did that happen? And you got to understand <laughs> right. my, my life is a result of compounding small decisions Jeez. day after day after Jeez. day. So if I make a good decision every day and I mm. try to not, I'm not trying to do something new every day. I'm trying to figure out what works and then do that every mm. day. So for me, I live my best life. If I start my morning, I go scriptural before I go digital. Yeah. If I, if I open the paper leather bound book, I do better than if I open the digital and I love the digital. Sure, I love the version app. I love the plans on there and sure. I use those. I share those with my daughters. I love that option where we can read a plan together. But if I pick up the old page Bible mm. with the paper thing, you know, there's a little bit of yeah, old yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. Just, and just get in that. Mm. And then I spend time praying. Mm. I go through my prayer guides because mm. I'm, I'm ADD, man. Yeah, for yeah, real. Yeah. Great. <laughs> like I'm all over the place. Yeah. So I actually go through a prayer guide. Wow. And if I do this in the morning when the house is what quiet. Is it? Tell me about the prayer guide. Where so did you get it? We produced this prayer guide and it was given to us through Church of the Highlands, through the Grow website, growleader.com. Right. Yeah. And so we downloaded it and now we give it to our whole church. And so it's got wow. different uh, different types of prayers, the tabernacle prayer, the prayer of Jabez. Beautiful. Uh, so I typically pray the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, so I great. pray it as a prayer model, not as a recitation. Wow. So if I do that, I can do it in five minutes. So I do that if great. I start my day with that. And then this sounds ridiculous, but it's actually helped me. I love music so much. Sure. I love music. So if I discipline the style of music that I listen to, yeah. and I only listen to worship music, yeah. I do better. I give more. I, I yeah. share more positivity, right. more joy. And I love country music. I love <laughs> I love Southern rock. I love rock and roll. I love hip hop. Yeah. I love R&B. But if I just pour in yep. the new Zoe project, which is killer, by the way. I appreciate it. I wrote all, every song. You should. Every, I played every instrument. <laughs> it, it keeps it's talking, all about yes. you. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, you didn't do anything on it. I love all of those songs <laughs> called Chad. Um, <laughs> Chad 1, 2, and 3, and 4. Um, but if I pour that into my life, that is, yep. and it really is a discipline. Totally. Because I love music. Sure. But if I discipline myself, especially on the drive home, I discipline myself to listen to podcasts. Mm. I listen to podcasts all the time. Really? I live in Houston, man. We got 45 minutes to get in Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm listening to a podcast, I listen to them on time and a half or two times speed. Yep, yep. It just pours into me. Wow. And so what's in me will come out of me. So those are some yep. of the disciplines. And then really taking a Sabbath. I can tell when I haven't. And for me, a Sabbath simply means not producing. Okay, it doesn't mean just sitting on the couch and having pajama day. No, nope. for me, I need to be outdoors. I need to be hunting. Yeah, I need to be fishing. Great. I need to be hiking. I need to be some, doing something. And then spending a lot of I spend a lot of time with my family, man. It's great. Tons, and so if I'm doing those things, and I don't get every week right for mm. sure. Sure. Just ask my wife. Um, but when I'm doing those things, 
I'm, I'm you know, I've never heard anyone say that. That is so brilliant. Sabbath is not producing. That it's not is, producing. That is the most simple, beautiful way to say it. Absolutely. Yeah, because I always think people mess it up when they go like, you know, I'm not just going to do, I'm not going to work at all. And you know, it's, it's, it becomes this couch rest sleep Oh, dude, thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to go work on my yeah. fence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Literally, I'm going to be on my tractor out my back 40. I'm going to be mowing a yard. I'm, that's for me. I'm going to go work on my fence. <laughs> Sorry, nobody Things in LA. I have never, <laughs> ever said, nor will ever say. I'm go- Hold on. Oh my god. Nobody in a 50 mile we radius. Couldn't be further. Said. I'm wearing a salmon shirt right now. It's paint, bro. It's building paint. a fence. But I'm, I'm gonna, gonna tell you what I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build an acai bowl. What is wrong with you? I don't even you? know what an acai bowl is. Yeah, you don't know how to spell is, acai. Are you I'm gonna build a Nordstrom bag. What? Go build a I'm fence. Go build a fence, bro. Hey, I'm gonna build w- a basketball team. Listen, what? Hey, if I'm gonna keep that fence strong, I gotta work on it every now and then. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that is amazing. That is that is uh, no, uh, but for me, that's yeah. it's not producing. So yeah. it's not on Instagram. Yeah. It's not on social media. It's not doing anything. Yeah. And and this may sound harsh. It's not even doing anything to further the gospel or to grow that's our it. church. That's it. It's literally yep. not producing. Yep. And what's unique about that is God will give me, he will give me relationships on those days with people that ultimately will reach. Wow. If I'll take time off. Yeah. Because for me, six days, six, seven days on with no stop, man, I'm working for the Lord. I'm working for the Lord is literally looking at God. It's, it's practical atheism. It's looking at God saying, totally. I got this. Yep. I got this. Totally. Six days is saying, hey. Yeah. You know, so five days, what I tell our churches is, is hey, work hard five days where yeah. you work, yeah. then work one day for yourself. Great. And then give one day to God. I love just that. Just don't produce on that day. I love that. Um, I think that um, discipline is the most underrated thing in the world. Absolutely. I think that it's uh, the make or break of all leadership, in my opinion. I think people that um, are undisciplined are just waiting for failure. Well, you trace the first sin back to a lack of discipline. Yeah. I didn't discipline myself in the word, you know, and we get super theological about it, but you know, the serpent tempts Eve and he even messes up the word from Mm, God. Right. The word says, the Lord said, don't eat of the tree. And the serpent said, don't, don't touch the tree. So he changed the word of God. So it was somewhere along the line, there was a lack of discipline to remember what God had said. Wow. So if I discipline myself to remember what God says, it changes everything. That's amazing. I um my life was changed um September 10th, 1999. Wow. Um the church I'm at right right over here in East LA, uh the pastor uh has a sudden heart attack. Wow. And I was in a car on the way to Big Bear uh for a camp. So me and my friend then and now he's my brother-in-law we're in this car, we get word that our pastor has died, and we're like, do we turn around and go back to East LA, or do we keep going to this camp obligation? So we decided to keep going to this camp, and um, he pops in this tape. We're crying, you know. We, 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 yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, so we just pop in this sermon to listen to the rest of the drive. It's Creflo Dollar. The title of the message is The Anointing of Discipline. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived, for God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. For the man that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Yeah. The man that sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Man. 
everlasting life in the Greek is Zoe life. It's where this, Come on. this car ride is how I got the name for our church Come out of one of the most crushed moments of your life. This moment changed my whole life. So I'm 19 years old and God speaks to me in that car and says, the reason why your life is where it is, is because you're not disciplined. You're an undisciplined young man. You do whatever you want, say whatever you want, spend whatever you want. You're out of control. And I got a revelation of discipline that day. And I literally gave everything to the spirit, everything to the things of God. Amen. And I wouldn't be here without that moment. I wouldn't have the name for our church. It's not a sexy name. That moment changed, defined my whole life. I love it. And so I am hook, line and sinker sold out on discipline. It is the, it's the make or break. It's the difference between good and great. It really isn't talent. No, absolutely. No, I think talent's the most overrated thing in the world. No, talent comes and goes, man. Yeah. I mean, if you can sing, you may lose your voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. It, but talent comes and goes, but consistency and discipline, it changes the game. Absolutely. All day long. Absolutely. Well, I, I was watching, uh, <clears throat> just looking, at, looking over my life, I watched how a change happened in my life when I would discipline myself not to look at the stimulus. So there's stimulus, so you have a problem, somebody screams at you, then there's a response, right? Mm. Our whole life is stimulus response, stimulus. Literally, if you think right. about it, our whole life is stimulus response. Road rage, the stimulus response. I responded off of what happened to me. Marriages wow. end off a of stimulus response. Sin happens off a of stimulus response. So we have to break that cycle right mm. it's gonna take discipline to do it but you have to create a space in between stimulus and response if you get if you could watch my hands right now yeah. I'm all over <laughs> I love it I love it but if you create a you have to force a space and discipline is the only thing that forces this space mm. God will not force this space Wow you have to force this space discipline forces this space to stop in between discipline and response mm. and turn the dial so now I'm not responding off of discipline this this right here changed my life I think it's why I'm where I'm at. Wow. I change the dial and I don't respond off of the stimulus. I remember, I change the dial, point it down. I remember who I am in Christ. Mm. And so now I'm disciplined not to respond off of what happened to me, but who I am. I love that. So if somebody says something about me, I don't respond off of what they said, but off of what he said. And with that discipline, and think about it, temptation comes into your life. So I get a choice right then. I'm like, oh, I got to get that out of my head. No, no, no. I respond based on who I am in Christ. It's great. So I can't force that out of my head. Yeah. I give my life to him. Mm. I'm rooted in Christ. Yep. And it's a discipline, man. It really is. Discipline changes everything. It changes everything. 100%. Wow. I love that. I'm, okay. The new one. <laughs> what are we at? Three? My God. Tell me about, talk to me about, I love, I love um, laughing about this and learning from it. Talk to me about poor leadership. Because I, I think there, there's so many if yes. I can be honest, there's so many bad leaders and let's just be honest. What's poor leadership? Poor leadership is, you know, we look all throughout the scriptures. There's a lot of poor leaders and I, I have been uh, around leaders where I go, ah, that's really unwise, very unwise. That's really going to affect people down the road. What to you are some signs of poor leadership? I think I want to really take a moment with it because I think if we can recognize it and call it what it is, then we can go, okay, let's do everything we can to not mimic. And not do that. And not do that and not treat people that way. So much of poor leadership has to do with people, I think. Absolutely. The, and it's a reflection of, of, of identity always. Absolutely. And so you treat people poorly because you treat yourself, you have a poor self-image. I mean, yeah. But talk to me, what's poor leadership to you? What's it well, look like? I think this is why I think every leader, every leader listening to the podcast needs to go to counseling. 
Yeah, yeah. Seriously, totally. I mean, we all need to go to yes. counseling. We're all messed up. <laughs> We're all a little messed up, and you have to discover who you are. Okay, so and a lot of mm. it goes back to some of the some of the worst leaders I've seen have the have the most terrible father issues. Okay, so now they have yeah. bad father issues. They can't even really see who God is because they have bad father issues. So they see God as authoritarian, so they become authoritarian. Wow. And they control people because that's how they see God. Jeez. But when I deal with my father issues and I realize he's a good father, he's a loving father, yep. he's a kind father, it changes me. Craig Rochelle said this. He said, leaders who delegate tasks create followers. Mm. Leaders who delegate authority create leaders. Jeez. And I think that has a lot to do with learning that I am not the man. I'm not the be all, see all, end all. Right. Bad leaders typically think that it all revolves around them. Mm. They think that it's them. They think that they're the ones. They think that God can only use them. And that's the biggest danger wow. that I see. Wow. So if I live my life as a leader to, to encourage, empower, and equip other people, then, then I'm less in danger of being and recreating bad leadership. Wow. So bad leadership or poor leadership is typically leadership um, that, that, that never challenges you um, right. to be better. It always tells you how bad you are or how rough you are, how, how many mistakes that you've mm. made. I'm direct with our team. Sure. But it's life-giving. Mm. I want somebody honest around me. Yeah. But that gives me an opportunity to fail forward. I tell Great. our teams, fail forward, you'll be two steps up. You might I be on that. the ground, but you're going to be two steps up. Yep. And I, so I think, you know, without getting into the character and the integrity thing, I mean, I think that goes without saying. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe right. that's the problem right now is people aren't investing enough in their own integrity, their own character. That's I used it. to have this little sticky note on my computer that said, you're only as good as your private standard. Mm. I'm only as good as who I am when I'm by myself. I love that. And so if I'm not a good leader of myself, I'll never be a good leader of people. Wow. That's a, that's a, you can't say it any better than that. And I think, you know, poor leadership is one of those things where it actually breaks your heart. Mm. It's actually sad. It's actually sad. I agree. Because people has, will follow it, man. Yeah, they will. And they get stuck. Yeah. And um, it does go back so often to father wounds. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if we're talking about male leaders, it, it, a lot of times that, anger that frustration that that lid that even, but even female leaders rejection mm. and and no affirmation my wife was abused wow. man my wife wow. was abused my wife's dad um he's a decent guy now but he left her when when she was five years old she didn't see him again till she was 12. yeah she got she, she got birthday cards and stuff and thought it was from him and it was actually from her mom she was abused she went through all of that hey hey man newsflash we're 18 years marriage 18 years married, we still deal Jeez. with some of her father wounds. And she would be very comfortable with me saying that because yeah. that's something that she's learned to openly share. Wow. And it's by opening ourselves up, opening up the pain, opening up the wound that it heals. Yeah. You keep it closed, it never heals. Never. It never wow. heals. Wow. It's amazing. Um, and I think the, the encouragement out of that, I always think the encouragement for any bad leader, any poor leader, is that the more that leadership's all about learning how to lead yourself. That's actually getting, that's getting healed from, truth. you know, your issues. We all have issues. Like you said, we should all see a counselor. And so in other words, there's hope for all of us. Big time. There's hope for everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's Even what bad leaders. That's what grace is, man. Yeah, that's what grace is. Right. Um, I want to end the podcast and our episode here, which has been so much fun. Thank Dude, you so much. For, this is Thanks for letting me be on the first this one. This is the first one. <laughs> Um, if, I it let, if it fails, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. 
Seven views. <laughs> All right, guys, seven views. Yeah, Way to go. Seven, seven downloads. Please share it with your friends. Help us win. Okay, please. I'm begging you. So one of my favorite things, I listen to a guy named Colin Coward like Killer. every day. He's yeah. like my yeah. favorite. So I often have to listen to Dan Patrick and his show. Yeah. <laughs> so Colin Coward could start a show. Who I love Dan Patrick. I've been a fan forever. Yeah. But I love at the end of Dan Patrick's show, because that's all I listen to. Yeah. They always go around and they go, so what did we learn today? And they go to, you know, so-and-so, what did we learn today? And they go, you know, we learned this. And what did, what did you learn today? So I think that's kind of cool. What did we, so we talked about some amazing things. Give me a give me a takeaway from our conversation. Maybe something we talked about or didn't talk about. What are you taking away? You go, I want people to take this away. I'm taking this away from this moment. Well, here's what I'm taking away. I'm sitting across the table from one of the greatest leaders of our generation, and I haven't asked a question. Yeah. What I'm learning is great leaders rarely talk about themselves. Mm. They're constantly asking you questions. And you sat here and you're building a phenomenal church in L.A., literally impacting the culture worldwide on a tour, doing crazy things, and you're sitting here asking me questions. And so what I've learned and what I'll take away from this and encourage our team with is when you're in the room with one of the world's greatest leaders, you don't talk about yourself. You ask questions. And you become a great question asker, you'll learn a lot. Yeah, you're very kind. And I think that socially it should be all of our, if you're listening to this podcast, let me just get on a soapbox for a moment. Do it. Tommy Barnett, who's one of my favorite. Genius. If you guys don't know who Tommy Barnett is, research. They say of Tommy Barnett, you would never beat him in the question asking game. Bro, He's any great always, leader I've ever been with. Totally. I used to have the opportunity to drive Dr. Miles Monroe around before he passed wow. from this earth. When he'd come to Houston, I'd drive him around. Yeah. And I would have to tell him 15 minutes into the drive, like respectfully, Dr. Monroe, I'm literally over here learning nothing. I just sound like an idiot because you keep asking me all these questions and I don't want to be disrespectful, but I'm learning nothing right now. And it's like a waste of my time right. not to spend time with you and not get, and to get nothing from right. it, to spend right. time here and learn nothing. So right. I think instead of, instead of, instead of talking about yourself, right. ask questions. Right. And if you don't know great question, here's a great question. Because I asked this of Dr. Maxwell. I got to be in the room with yeah. Dr. John Maxwell, just a conversation a few weeks ago. And I said, Dr. Maxwell, we don't know each other well. What is one thing that I need to know that you know I need to know, but we're not good enough friends for you to tell me? Wow. And he looks at me. You got to understand, man, our church is growing like crazy. He looks at me and he says, your church will stop growing. <laughs> I was like, hey, can I ask you another? I'm yeah, sorry. Can I take a mulligan? You know, let's, let's, let's try it again, sir. I don't think you understood me. I was looking, <laughs> what for, I was looking for a is- profound, proverbial... <laughs> I'm looking I, for encouragement. I, I, sir, I was going to post this, okay? So what you just told me is actually me. the most discouraging thing I've ever heard. And thank you, Dr. Maxwell. So thank you, but yeah, you know what? No thanks. I'm going to walk away now. I'm going to be the exception. I'm going to be the one guy. That I'm going to be the guy who defeats that. I'm going to grow 60 to 70% every year, okay? So... You you obviously have never heard of me. <laughs> That's what you should have told him. That's what I should have said. You should have said, "Do you know who yeah, I am?" You know who I am. Yeah, exactly. No, but what I what I learned from that, and he 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 followed up, and he said, "Take the downtime, take the slump, because everybody has one. Yeah. in the world's greatest teams." He said, "Take the slump to build infrastructure for your leadership, because God's called you to mushroom growth in the future." And he said, "If you build the base, the growth will mushroom. That's but you awesome. have to keep building the base." But it was a great question that called out the the greatness oh, in him. Great is great. Well. Um, 
Thank you so much. Dude, the honor, man. So Thank fun, you, bro. There what we go. Uh, episode one in the books. Leadership. Lean in. Uh, subscribe. Follow. I don't even know what we're going to do. Share it. Share it. Share it. Share it with the leader. And yeah. rate it. Rate, rate the reviews. That's going to help a That's lot. That's actually going to help it yeah. a ton. So thank you so much for leaning in. We love you. Godspeed. Who says Godspeed? Godspeed. God bless you. We love you. <laughs>